Hi, this is Corey Turner, and along with my wife Simone, we are the senior pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Uh, hey, we're going to continue um, in our series that we've started three weeks ago on Kingdom Culture. And uh, if, you, if you were here a couple of weeks ago, uh, you, you would have heard about prayer fuels power. And, and that's really, really important to know. And please, if you haven't heard that message, hop onto the podcast and hear it. It's really important. I want to say that prayerlessness is a disease. Prayer fuels power. Prayer fills us with the presence of God. Prayer gives revelation. Prayer allows the Spirit of the Lord to come upon us, fill us, use us, make us into the image of Christ. Prayer fuels power. We had a look last week right across all of our locations that the Word of God is our foundation. There is no revival without a revival. The Word of God is everything. The Word of God is the sword of a spirit. The Word of God is daily bread. The Word of God is the thing that allows you and I to become one with the mind of Christ. God's Word is our foundation, but now we have a look at making disciples is not an option. So here's the thing when we talk about making disciples is not an option. If you've been in the church of Jesus for five decades, or you've been in the church of Jesus for five minutes, this is your first time here, one of the things that you will know straight away or after an extended period of time is that the church of Jesus Christ is not yet perfect. Can I hear an amen? It ain't perfect. As soon as I step in the door, it's not perfect. But before you judge, as soon as you step in the door, it's not perfect. Because it's made up of humans that are on a journey, spirit-filled but on a journey. So we're not yet perfected. She is beautiful. She is glorious. She is loved. She is made to be without spot or wrinkle. She's going to be so holy that she's going to be one with Jesus, but she's not yet perfect. And in case we've got our heads in the cloud, the National Church Life Survey reminds us to come down to earth. It tells us things like this, that over the last 20 years in Australia, more than 1,000 churches have closed down. It tells us that the average size of church in Australia is less than 120 people. It tells us that while there's 60% of Australians that claim to have some kind of faith in Jesus Christ, only 11% actually attend church. Now, here's the worst of it all. Are you ready for this? It tells us that less than 2% of Christians have ever led somebody to faith in Jesus Christ. Think about that. If we took a group of 100 people here in this section, there's two or less that have ever led anyone to Christ. The rest have never led somebody to Christ. So if we can't keep ourselves accountable, the National Church Life Survey is really helping keep us real humble and know that there's some things that we as a church, local congregation and universal church, are doing that are really, really good and really, really right and really, really glorious. And there are some things where we need improvement. There are some things where we need to rediscover the blueprint of heaven 
and to re-implement it, to say, God, we're sorry we missed it, but now that you reveal it, we will do it. Is that okay? And this is where making disciples is not an option. I'd love for us to open up to the book of Matthew chapter 28. The first gospel and the last chapter. And we're going to read the last section of the last chapter. The end of the gospel of Matthew. Book of Matthew chapter 28 starting at verse 16. The 11 disciples left for Galilee. Going to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. Don't you love that? I already love that. The church loves to worship Jesus. True? That's already good, isn't it? But I wonder if it's enough. Hmm. They worshipped him, but some of them doubted. Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this. Be sure of this. Be 100% certain of this, that I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Amen. So here's the thing. I want us to see right at the outset that this is not just the end of the gospel. This is the climax of the gospel. Hello. This is not the end of the gospel. It is the apex. It's the culmination. It's what the gospel's been leading up to. It's been leading up to Jesus not making a request of those who worship him, but a clear imperative, a clear call, and a clear mandate that this whole thing now is over to the church to make disciples. That making disciples is not an option. Making disciples is not for a church hierarchy. Making disciples is for every single person who is born again believer, blood washed, meaning having all sins forgiven. Whether you've been in the kingdom five minutes or five years, it doesn't make any difference. Every single one of us is called to make disciples. Every single one of us. Book of Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19, Jesus says this, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. See, that's not a call to be saved. That's a call for service. Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. One person put it this way. If you're not fishing, then you're not following. Come on now. Is it okay to be honest today? Let's get honest. It's okay to eat humble pie. I love what Pastor Stacy brought May God break our hearts and humble us, but that's okay because before honour, there is humility. Absolutely fine. May the Lord break our hearts to rediscover the right patterns and to re-implement them in our life. Then we will see the fullness of the power of the presence and the might of the Holy Spirit in and through the church. Amen. Disciple making is a call for every single person at the 11 a.m. service here right now. There isn't a person who is actually exempt from it. If you would remember, when Adam fell away, when Adam stepped out of the will of God and Adam disobeyed God, it's not recorded in the book of Genesis that Adam went saying, God, God, where are you? That never happened. It was the Lord who said, Adam, Adam, where are you? 
It was the Lord who was the seeker and the initiator to bring Adam back to himself. I want to tell us that the Lord till this very day, he is the seeker and the initiator of every human. The only difference is now that the Lord does it through the church. So even though it is the Son of Man who has come to seek and to save that which is lost, the book of Revelations, chapter 22 and verse 17 says, The Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit, the Spirit and the Bride say come. See, the Spirit and the Bride, it's not just the Holy Spirit, it's the Bride. As a matter of fact, it's the voice of the Holy Spirit through the bride. You and I are the primary movers of the will of God on earth. God has no other vehicle. God will not reach a lost world through any other means. How will they believe unless somebody shares? How will that happen? Unless somebody is light and salt to that which is corrupting and to that which is dark. It's the Lord now doing it through the church, but he's only got one vehicle. And when I'm talking church, I'm not talking just the universal church, just even the local congregations. I'm talking us individuals sitting here right now, that every single one of us is actually called to this. This is not a new thing. As a matter of fact, if you rewind even to the Old Testament, when the Lord called Israel, he didn't call Israel so that he can isolate Israel and show Israel how much he cares for it. Sometimes we think, and we turn a little bit consumeristic, sometimes we think that when I become a Christian, now I am the center of the conversation, I am the center of the Great Commission. Ouch. But I'm not. But I'm not. The Lord, when he called Israel, the Lord, when he calls the church, yes, you are a special treasure in his eye, for sure. Yes, you are the head and not the tail, for sure. He who touches you touches the apple of his eye, for sure. But can I say that when the Lord called Israel and when the Lord calls the church in the world, that he is calling a missionary people. He says in the book of Isaiah, chapter 49 and verse 6 to Israel, that I have called you that you may be a light to the Gentiles for my salvation till the end of the earth. We are called to be light to a lost and dying world. Do you know that we have no other mission? Do you know that sometimes we think, okay, my mission is to praise God. Yes, you and I are definitely called to the praise of his glory and we're meant to praise God. Sometimes we think, okay, I'm a worshiper. Yes, we are all worshippers. Those who worship, we must worship in spirit and in truth. 100%. But do you know when it comes to mission, the church has one mission, not multiple missions, one mission, and that is to make disciples. We are called to one mission. Every single one of us has one mission to make disciples. The Lord said one mission, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. I want to say that our mission is linked to the mission of Jesus Christ because we are linked to Jesus Christ. Because you and I are linked, we're blood-linked to Jesus, we have no other mission except the mission of Jesus Christ. And if he said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost, therefore you and I who belong to him have no other calling. Can I tell you one more thing about that? 
I want to show us how important this thing is to the heart of God, to the heart of Jesus when it comes to his church, how important this is. I'm going to ask you to open up with me to the book of John chapter 17. Book of John chapter 17 is known as the high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ. The high priestly prayer of Jesus Christ is the prayer that he prayed extensively before he went to the cross, completed our redemption through the resurrection. So you know, if anybody knows that they're about to pass away and they're going to pray, that final prayer is going to be the core of core of core of absolute essence of their heart. Agreed? Have a look at what Jesus prays. Book of John chapter 17, verse 18. He says to the Father, as you sent me into the world, I have also sent them into the world. Selah, stop there for a moment. He says, Father, my heart's desire, my greatest desire, that just as you sent me on my mission, they would be sent on the same mission. And in case, in case, you and I think he was talking about the 12 or the 70 or the 500 that saw him at his resurrection. In case. Have a look at what verse 20 says. I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. Hello, that's you and I. Hang on, there's a moment of revelation right here. Do you know? Do you know that Jesus prayed for you to become a disciple maker? I do not pray for these alone, but I pray for those who will believe in me through their word. That means Jesus prayed for you personally right here at the 11 a.m., every single one of us here, to become a disciple maker. He prayed that you would be sent into the world just as he was sent into the world. Isn't that incredible? Do you know that Jesus prayed for you specifically for this one thing to become a disciple maker? Come on, let that sink in. The Messiah, the Savior of the world, prayed for you sitting right here today that you would become a disciple maker. And guess what? I love the fact that Jesus did not just command us. Jesus did not just pray for us, but Jesus equipped us to become disciple makers. You see, if you rewind to how Jesus did this whole thing, he told his disciples, I have all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, now that's a key word. That means as a result of, as a result of having all authority in heaven and on earth, you go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and behold or be sure of, although I am with you always until the end of the age. By the way, that's how you know he wasn't talking to the 12. He's talking to you and I because he says, I'm with you always, even until the end of the ages, you make disciples. He's not talking about a former age. He's talking about now. That's why he is with us now to do the work of making disciples. That's why making disciples is not an option. Jesus chose to equip every single person to make disciples. You say, how? Well, let's dissect this. Look what Jesus says. Jesus says, I have all authority, therefore. 
I have all authority. Now, the word authority in the Greek, in the original New Testament, is the word agousia. It's different to the word dunamis. Dunamis means power. But agousia means the authorized right to use power. Now, there's a big difference. There's a big difference if you watch, if you watch basketball, soccer, football. If you watch kind of like any sport, you'll see that the athletes that are on the field, they're usually very strong. They're young. They're fit. They're strong. They're fast. They're all of those things. And then there come the umpires. <laughs> they're slower. They're older. And they're definitely fatter. <laughs> but I'll say this. Any of those umpires in any of those games, they can take the strongest of the players and kick them off the field. And they have to go. Do you know why? Because the player has dunamis, but the umpire has a goosia. The, the, the player has power. But, but, but the one who has the right to use authorized power is the umpire. So Jesus said, I have the authorized right of power on heaven and on earth. And that's what I give to all of my disciple makers. Every single Christian has a goosia. That's why he said, behold, I give you the authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and overrule the power. Because Agusia will take over the dunamis of the enemy. You know what I'm saying? Every single believer. That's why these signs will follow those who believe. In my name, they will cast out demons. In my name, they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Uh-huh. Why? Because there's Agusia. But let me tell every single person this lest we... These are not toys to play with. These are tools to build with. What I mean by that is this. Sometimes we just want to see power, but that's not what it's about. It's power to build the kingdom. It's power to make disciples. It's power to take down the works of Satan. The Son of God was manifested for this reason that he might destroy the works of the devil. And now he sends the church with the same magusia. Do you know that it gets better? Hello. Watch this get better. Jesus said, I have all authority. Jesus said that he's engaging the church. Therefore, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. But look at this. And be sure of this. I am with you always, even till the end of the age. I am with you always as you make disciples even until the end of the age. What does that mean, I am with you always? Does it just mean that cute, his name is Emmanuel, God with us? Now, hang on. This revelation came to me a few years ago when I went with a sporting figure. He took me to a sporting game. So we rocked up in his car and we drove into the stadium and his special door opened up. And then there was a special car park where he parked. Hang on a minute. It had nothing to do with who I am. It had everything to do with who I was with. 
And then we walked through his door and then he showed me around a lot of different rooms. He gave me access to rooms that the public don't see. And that had nothing to do with who I am, but it had everything to do with who I was with. And then he took me, this is my favorite bit of it, he took me to this messy buffet kind of like setting and it was this delicious food. And I ate. (laughs) Till I was full. I want you to hear it, I mean it. I ate till I was full. I ate till it nearly came out of my nostrils. (laughs) Because, but it had nothing to do with who I am. It had everything to do who I was. Because when the VIP has access, you have the same access as the VIP. Because you're with them. Jesus is saying, not only have I given you delegated power, delegated authority, not only have I done that, but I will make sure that you have the same access that I personally have to make disciples. All of my resources are yours so that you can make disciples. Amen. I want to show us how true God is to his word. Would you open up with me the book of Mark chapter 16? Look at the pattern of faithfulness. Book of Mark chapter 16. Verses 19 and 20, this also is the end of the gospel of Mark. After the Lord had spoken to them, he was received up into heaven and sat down at the right hand of God. And they went out and preached everywhere. See, they're just making disciples. As a matter of fact, I just want to take a moment here. They went out and preached everywhere. I want to tell you how natural it was for the New Testament church. It was inconceivable if you're a New Testament believer that you could be a believer and not make disciples. It was an inconceivable thought, one equated to be the same. Follow me and I will make you, was one and the same. So this is what they did. They went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen. Here's what the Lord did. Because the Lord was, did you see that? With them, what did the Lord do? He gave them access to the resources of heaven so that he confirmed the word through them. When they lay hands on the sick, Jesus was there with them, giving them access to the storehouse of healing. When they were there in conversation, sucking latte with a friend who was unsaved, Jesus would drop a word of knowledge that would change the whole situation around, as he did with a Samaritan woman. Because he was confirming the word. Listen, the Lord is not going to confirm your ministry or my ministry. The Lord is going to confirm his word. The Lord is not endorsing me. The Lord is endorsing his truth. That's why I'm I'm unafraid to engage people in this conversation because let's wake up, church. It's not about us. It's about a God who is alive, who knows how to reach people's hearts, how to heal diseases, how to turn the demonic upside down and subdue it, how to make the name of Jesus glorious. He's got enough delegated authority. As a matter of fact, he says in all of heaven and all of earth to get the job done. Why tell us this today? You know why? Because so many Christians believe a lie from the devil. So many Christians believe, well, hang on, who am I to make disciples? My friend 
You and I are no one. We're not trusting in ourselves. We are trusting in the one who confirms the truth of his word. You say, well, what could I do? Well, well uh, let, let me put to you a couple of things that we could all do. I want to tell you that the most powerful way to make disciples is to be a disciple. The most powerful way to make disciples is to be. Don't pray. Please don't pray. Lord, use me to make disciples. Because Jesus never asked us that. Jesus said, follow me and I will make you. Don't say, use me. Say, make me a disciple maker. There's a big difference. Because in making, it means that he's changing us. And as he's changing us, we're changing the world. Make me a disciple maker. The best gift that I can give to the world is my own discipleship to Jesus. That's the best gift that I can give to the world. Do you know, do you know how they used to fish? Now, nowadays, you know, we, we, we throw out a line, right? But back then, that's not, that's not how fishing took place. You know how fishing took place back then? They would go out. Now, please listen to this because every word has a meaning. They would go out at night into the dark sea and they would take a net and then they realized that actually fish come around a shining light. So they used to shine a light. The fish would come in the dark sea and then they'd bring them in. The fish were attracted to the light. Can I just say, when Jesus said you are a light of the world, when Jesus wants us to make disciples, if I am a disciple, you will find that naturally my life begins to radiate. That's why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 14 and verse 15, thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ and through us, that's you and I, diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. We are to God the fragrance of Christ among those who are perishing and among those who are being saved. You're a fragrance. People see Jesus in you. You don't even have to do. You just have to be. Seriously, don't let Satan make you take yourself too lightly. You are a weapon in the hands of the Holy Spirit. People see you and it's like that person loves differently. That person's values are different. Whether you tell them or not, you don't have to bash them over the head with a Bible. You don't have to do that. You just have to be. And the more I be like Jesus, the more people are attracted. The more people will gravitate. They will say, okay, that, you know, that's what Jesus did. That's how Jesus made disciples. Book of John chapter 4 and verse 1, it says that Jesus made and baptized more disciples than John. Jesus made it his business to make disciples. How did Jesus make disciples? Well, you check this out. Sermon on the Mount, chapter 5 to chapter 7, three chapters where Jesus is preaching. You know how that preaching began? It says in verse 2, chapter 5, verse 2 of Matthew, it says Jesus opened up his mouth and taught them. That's weird. Why does it say that? Of course he opened up his mouth and taught them. No, not true. You know why? Because there were heaps of other times where Jesus taught them without opening up his mouth. How he was taught them. 
They saw him pray. And they were like, Lord, teach us to pray. They saw him compassionate with the leper, somebody that nobody would touch. But, but, but he had love for him and it messed them up. They were like, isn't this the important guy? Shouldn't he be in the VIP green room? Shouldn't he be tucked away? What, what's he doing washing feet of somebody who hates him? What's he doing? And it would mess them up. It would teach them to serve because they saw him serve. It, 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 when, when Jesus was talking about follow me and I will make you, Jesus wasn't talking about, hey, strap on your sandals and walk through the desert. He was talking about patterning our life, modeling our life after his. For you and I, what that looks like, the word disciple, isn't, it does mean learner. It's the word methetes in Greek. It does mean learner. It does mean committed follower. But can I also say that it also means imitator. It's a person who becomes like. The work of the Holy Spirit in your life and my life is to make you and I like Jesus. Do you know that? For us Christians, we are not called to right and wrong. We are called to what is like Jesus. The work of the Holy Spirit in chapter uh, 3 and verse 18 of 2 Corinthians is to form you and I into the same glorious image of Jesus Christ so that we could be one and the same. Worship team, if you can join me. I, I, I really want to land this really practically. I think we've heard from the Word of God that we are, every single one of us, we are called to make disciples. There isn't a person here that isn't called. Do whatever else is on your life. That's fantastic. But please, number one mission of the church, number one mission of every individual here, you're not called to, your number one mission, my number one mission is to make disciples. That's why making disciples is not an option. It's the single thing that Jesus is asking of his church. Everything else shall be well, but the world will go to hell unless we make disciples. He's equipped us with power and authority. He's equipped us with heavenly access. He's equipped us with the working of the Holy Spirit in us to change us so that just the radiant life that you and I live would be so catchy. But can I take it to the next level of practicality very quickly? I wanna give us three things that I think every single one of us can do starting today. Number one, how about every single one of us, we cement, cement your convictions. I've got the wrong folder. It's the end of a sermon. That's actually the wrong folder. Okay, hopefully the Lord reminds me of the three things I needed to tell you. Hallelujah. Oh, there you've got them. Well, if I don't get them, I'll come and grab the notes. Cement your convictions. Cement your convictions. Don't leave this service, please. Please, the Word of God is not infotainment. The Word of God is truth, and the truth creates freedom in our life. Creates us to be in the image of Jesus. Cement convictions. Cement convictions that you are called to be a disciple maker. It's not the job of somebody else. You were called to be a disciple maker. 
Lord has brought you here just to refresh you. There is no condemnation in this message. The Lord is refreshing my spirit as I speak about it and clarifying my focus. I am called to be a disciple maker. Lord, my life mission is to be a disciple maker. Just cement that conviction that it's not somebody, am I my brother's keeper? Yes, I am. I'm responsible for the world around me. I'm responsible for the person across the road, my neighbour, my cafe, the people that I work with, I can't just walk past them. Cement your convictions that you are equipped. You, 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 you are called to be a disciple maker and that heaven's right behind you. Number two, here's how simple this is. If you're going to make disciples, then you have to have people in your life who are not disciples. If you're going to make disciples, then you need people in your life who are not disciples. How am I going to make disciples if everyone I hang around with is my holy huddle? If I'm going to make disciples, I have to be intentional. Lord, who in my world can I reach? Open up my eyes. Hone in, hone in. Make time for these people. Hey, we live in Melbourne. Suck latte with them. And if latte is not your preferred drink, suck another drink with them. Take people out, let them into your world. That's what Jesus did with sinners and tax collectors. He had dinner with them. He had dinner with them. He just hung around them. He he loved them. He genuinely loved them. Don't make people a project. People are not a project. They're an end in themselves. They're treasures. People around them, even the people that annoy me. They're treasures. You know that that relative in your family? They're still a treasure. They're a treasure. Make time for people. Bring them in. Bring them in. I don't even know why this thing's open. Equip yourself is the last thing that I want to say to you. Thank you, Stacey. It's transmitting. (laughs) Equip yourself. Can I just say, if we're called to something that's significant, where people's eternal address depends on it, hey, wake up in the morning and it's good to make money. It's okay. But who knows, what does it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? Maybe wake up in the morning and make yourself available. Say, God, I'm available to be a disciple maker this very day. Equip yourself. We've got things like one life orientation. We've got life groups. Equip yourself. Do what you can to become the sharpest tool in the shed. Amen. I want to pray with us today. I feel like God just wants something really, really simple. Really simple. Not, not, Not necessarily for everyone, but those who believe they heard and received the Word of God. They've received it for themselves as the truth. And without any condemnation, just want to apply it. Say, Lord, I, I, I actually, I, I want to live to make disciples. I want to have no other mission. Please don't allow me to get sidetracked. Don't allow me to rationalize 
myself out of it. But today, Holy Spirit, I come back and I just want to line up with the will of heaven. I want to become available. Don't, don't, don't look at your capacity. Don't let the devil talk you out of it. Because that's not what it's about. Just as you are, the Lord will make you a disciple maker that is so powerful. That's the Lord's business. Power is His business. Availability is mine. So today, if you're saying, you know what? Yeah, yeah, you know, I want to give my life. And I, I do want to give you a warning. I want to give you a warning. I know that it's really costly to say, I want to give my life to this. I want to give you a warning because Jesus says that whoever decides to be one of my disciples has to take up his cross daily and follow me. It means that you're going to have a bit of an exchange. You're going to live for God's desires and not always yours. You're going to live for God's goals and not always yours, but my friend, it's worth it. It's the only worthy purpose to live for. In a billion years, you will see why. Because of the multitudes that have come into the kingdom because you were faithful. And if today you're just saying, God, I make myself available. God, seal it in my heart. God, cement it that my life mission, I'm going to live to make disciples. I'm going to reach the world around me. Then I'd just like you to lift both hands to heaven just so that you can join me in prayer. Father, I thank you for the multitudes that are here, Lord, that are saying, Make me a disciple maker. Make me light and make me salt in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, the commissioner, the Messiah, the one who has delegated this authority to the church. Would you pour your spirit upon your people in such a profound way? Seal every decision. Let the weak say, I am strong in the mighty name of Jesus. Cause your power and your strength to come upon your people. Give them all they need to do what you have commissioned us to do, your church, in the mighty name that is above every frailty and above every weakness and above the past, the name of Jesus. We receive it. Amen. Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Saviour. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died and rose again, conquering sin, Satan and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. 
you can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.